Welcome to episode 53 of In The Saddle Podcast. I am your host, Mark Horowski, and I'm joined by the usual suspects, Lucky Loaders, Paul Callahan, and Katie Clements. Lucky Loaders, how's the form? Yeah, not too bad, but uh, we've got some form at the moment. It's some fast, uh, far-flung places with the likes of Hong Kong. Obviously, found that a uh, 16-1 to 1 winner, and we did a preview today uh, talking about the racing at Happy Valley for Wednesday, so... Yeah, the form is not too bad, but it's coming in another fi- uh, another uh, theatre of racing. Yeah, uh, I think that I think that went quite well that preview earlier. We'll see what the, the listeners think of that. Hopefully, we can get some winners in the triple trio at Happy Valley tomorrow evening. Paul Callahan, great run in the Tip Star, Paul. Um, how are you feeling after it? Yeah, good. Disappointed, obviously, not to not to win, but got to take her hat off to to Ross. Uh, Miller, who who won it, I thought he was exceptional throughout. He had two winners and a and a good second in the big race. I thought he got one of the more difficult ones. I think it's fair to say on Saturday. Um, I, I thought he was exceptional throughout. So yeah, definitely a worthy winner. Yeah, I think his analysis, Ross, was um was very good, very professional, and the way that he conducted himself after was obviously very professional as well. Um, I'm glad he won. As you say, I think the horse pool was at midnight shadow. I think mean. Chris actually fancied a little bit. I think he had every chance. He was a bit unfortunate, but um, fair play to him. Wish him all the best. Um, and obviously, there's always next year. Um, and I, I might chuck an entry in next year as well, just to spice things up, you know? Yeah, I'd be looking forward to that. Yeah, I'll have to get some practice in Callahan, you know? <laughs> get hey, some Clements. titles on that. Oh, Clements, I'm just getting oh. to you there. You jumped the gun there. What, 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 how's, how's it going? Yeah, not bad. Um, I've had a pretty quiet week other than I had my nephew at the weekend and um, it turned out he's better at picking horses than I am for the races at eight years old. Um, So we had fun with that on Twitter over the weekend. Is he making an appearance tonight? He isn't. He's at home tonight, but he has picked horses for two races so i'll tell you about them okay because he's obviously setting the bar very high here i can see paul callahan and chris lawyer looking a bit nervous here being outdone by an eight-year-old i'm wondering did he pick pick north cap a couple of weeks ago that makes sense there doesn't it yeah it's all he can sense he picked dragon fruit at the weekend um oliver green little sauce and it came in at eight one um and then he picked one for me today, another Oliver Green horse, and that came in at 33 to 1. So it either says something about the yard or something about the child. Yeah, we'll need to get him on, because um, he can mark a card for us. He, he can't be any worse than us four. Um, but listen, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, what we're going to do is we're going to look at Saturday's action. We're going to focus at Ascot and Haydock. We'll kick things off at Ascot. So we're going to start at Ascot, uh, the 150 As- Ascot Handicap Chase. Paul Callahan, what do you like here? I think this is possibly wide open. Um, you have St. Avassi in there of 133, was a winner on seasonal reappearance, running off a handy enough mark of 133. A horse that is interesting is Smarty Wilds. Didn't jump well enough. When last season finished fourth under, I think finished fourth at Weatherby was a beaten favourite on that occasion in a handicap chase, and it's always wouldn't have the most experience. Has only had two runs over fences, and 
it's interesting that the Philip Hobbs ran him in weather being a handicap chase for a horse with so little experience. Um, so it'll be interesting to see Smarty Wilds clearly has ability and, and thought of to, to go better over fences. Um, is four from nine over hurdles. But the one that I would the one that I like here that I would invest in is Amula Gold for the skeletons. Is three wins from nine over fences, pretty versatile as far as the, the ground is concerned. Was a winner of a mark of 138. Uh, no, finished second off 138 the last time in class two company. Was a good winner two starts back at Ascot off 132. I think one four mark handicap mark of 143 should he still should be competitive. Rarely ever runs a bad race, and I can't see Amula Gold not getting involved on Saturday afternoon. It's interesting when you look back at that Ascot form and the list of handicap chase on the 31st of October, the form of Ibolo. Um, obviously, that horse ran at the weekend um, and was obviously wasn't massively dis- disgraced by Sky Pirate for John Joe O'Neill. And obviously, that horse looks, looks like it's got a ton in hand. So that Ascot form looks quite solid. So Amula Gold, we're looking at 92 best price available for Dan Skelton. Could easily go short on day. Chris Loader, what do you like here? Yeah, like Paul said, I think this is quite a sticky kind of a race. Um, obviously, we're recording this before the final fields, and it could cut up a little bit, but there's a few d- definitely interesting contenders in here. Mengali Khan is even in here for Nicky Henderson. Didn't know he even uh, had um, transferred from Gordon Edits to Nicky Henderson's, but he has, and he's a fascinating runner. But um, no, I f- I'm going to take a bit of a flyer on one here. Uh, I've seen him in the entries a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, and and I wanted to see him entered, but uh, he hasn't, and I'm hoping he's going to get a chance to run here, and that is not another muddle for Gary Moore. Now, Gary Moore's been on a bit of a roll at the moment. Okay, Goshen uh, was a bit of a blip in their form book, but they've really been amongst the winners of late. They had a a good day at Sandown uh, on the Tingle Creek uh, weekend. They had a treble at uh, Fontwell on um, Tuesday last week, and they also as well have Benatar, uh, who was a very promising horse a couple of seasons ago, run a blinder in the Caspian Caviar Gold Cup to finish in third. And this horse, not another muddle, has got a similar profile to him in the fact that he's always been a very promising type, but I think he has had his issues along the way. And a couple of seasons ago, he was really well fancied to go well in the Grand Annual when he finished in fifth place off a mark of 138. Like I said, he has had his issues back then, and they did get him back to run at Cheltenham in the plate, um, but he did get pulled up that day. However, he's down to a mark of a 138, and I just think with the Moore team going very well at the moment, um, this horse, I think they could definitely get him prepared for a kind of race like this. Obviously, for some people, they would have liked to have seen him had a run, but he can uh, run well for fresh. He's won on his seasonal reappearance before. And I just think uh, there's a bit of unfinished business with this horse and he could be one to, to land a nice handicap. So for me, I think not another not another medal is definitely one to, to keep a note of if he does make the final field. And if he's a double-figure price, I might be tempted to have a bet. He's currently best price available, 11-1 to 1 for Gary Moore and Chris Loder. To be honest, Chris, I did look at this race and I thought... That stable, I thought that'd be your, the last one you'd choose, but I do see your angle. I, I just think he's a, a bit high in the weights. So I think he's got to come down a little bit more. Um, but 11 to 1, if, if you do see market confidence for him, it would certainly be a positive. Katie Clements, what do we like here? 
So this is a race that my little nephew has picked one out for, and he had actually picked out Smarty Wild. Paul suggested him as well. Um, is that because he likes Smarties, Katie? Smarties. What's their interest? Inevitably, or because um, I did mention to him that Dickie Johnson quite often mm -hmm. rides for Philip Hobb, and he liked Dickie Johnson. So there we go. Maybe he's decided a bit like that in a logical sense. Maybe he just likes Smarties because he's a kid. Um, so we'll put him forward for Jacob. And then I would probably side with um, Paul's other suggestion, a moon of gold. Um, although I'm quite interested to see how St. Sonic runs in this given he pulled up last week. Um, Aidan Coleman said after the race that the horse just never felt 100% comfortable and when he was hampered by the faller, um, he just decided shortly after that that enough was enough for the horse for that day. So it'll be interesting to see how he runs this part. It seems on it's quite short in the betting. It's 11 to 2 in places, um, 8 to 1 best price available. And your nephew, he's uh, his selection, Smile Wild, is actually an 11 to 1 shot. So he's sort of continuing the form of the prices there, which is obviously what we want to see. There we go. So just going through the selections for the first race, 150. Ascot, we've got Chris Loder, who likes not another model at 11 to 1. Paul Callahan is keen on a Miller Gold at 9 to 2. Kitty Clements likes St. Sonnet at 8 to 1 best price. And the little man, he's keen on Smarty World at 11 to 1. Moving on to probably the biggest race of the weekend, with the rematch between Paisley Park and Time Hill, 225 Long Walk Hurdle Grade 1. Do we think that Paisley Park can reverse this form with Time Hill? We'll start with Lucky Loaders. Uh, I think it's going to be very close between them. Um, I was really encouraged by Paisley's run. He hit his usual flat spots like he normally does, which is good to see. So... Um, I was quite pleased with the way he finished the race, but you can't take anything away from Time Hill. You know, he was very impressive. What's interesting is that they're going to be both off level weights here, whereas uh, Time Hill was in a uh, receipt of a bit of weight from Paisley last time out. So that's definitely a positive. I think it's quite hard to, to split them both. However, I do think there is one horse in here that's been lurking and people that have been listening to the podcast for several weeks now that will know that I'm very sweet on this horse and that is Roxana for Harry and Dan Skelton you might remember I put this horse up to win the West Yorkshire Hurdle at um at Weatherby and the reason is I think three miles is the key to this horse before that run at Weatherby we'd only ever seen this horse twice over three miles where she ran two of her best career performances arguably apart from her, obviously her victory in the mayor's hurdle at Cheltenham back in 2019 she finished second behind Satini in a grade one novice hurdle at Aintree and she split apples jade and um if the cap fits in a photo finish in a grade one at Aintree as well over three miles so she's definitely I think got a lot of potential at this trip and she was a very impressive winner out of uh, that race at Weatherby the second horse next destination went and won a grade two uh, chase and obviously chase at Newbury on his next start. So that was a bit of a boost for the form. But more crucially as well, she's going to be getting that £7 allowance, which is absolutely huge. And I think she's the one that I would be playing if I had to have a bet tomorrow for the stairs hurdle. I think she's still 
quite a big price in places in my book. And if she wins this, she surely has to go to Cheltenham. Dan Skelton said that maybe they would probably head to Aintree, but I think if they did win this race, which I think she's more than capable of, um, she should definitely take her chance at uh, Cheltenham and I'm all over Roxana here. So yeah, for me, I think uh, she represents a solid at least each way, each way play and I'd be disappointed if she was out the first three. Roxana is currently 7-1, to best price available for Dan Skelton and Lucky Loaders. Uh, very, very impressive at Wellaby last time out putting Next Destination away and obviously that form has been frank since. Um, Time Hill and Paisley Park are at the head of the betting here, 2-1, to one, seven, four in places. I, I think this is a really competitive race and I wouldn't be shocked if the winner came outside the top two in the betting. Um, Paul Callahan, what do you like here? Yeah, I don't know, Mark. I think the I think second I can't see the winner coming outside the top four is the Paisley Park, Time Hill, main fact. There's a good winner at Haydock, came from I think came some from some way back, but ended up winning a shape cosily in the end. The horse is in terrific form at the minute. And Roxana, who absolutely demolished the field at, at Weatherby. Um Time Hill is the looks to be the the new kid nearly on the block, was a, a fascinating winner at Newbury getting the better of Paisley Park and McFabulous who looked so good when winning at Chepstow two starts ago was was well but was there to be fair at the me as if McFabulous didn't stay at Newbury just got caught out kind of the last two forums but um I fancy Paisley Park Park saying Paisley Park I think it's all the recipes to be the race of the weekend um but a case of heart ruling head here I'm a, a big Paisley Park fan and I thought it was great to see him, you know, near his best. He's only at a length and a half to find on Time Hill, who is bar disaster is going to be there come the business end. But um, it is Paisley Park, I guess, the, the nod for me. So Paul Callahan is keen on Paisley Park. I think he ran quite well last time out. Hit that flat spot. Um, didn't lose anything in defeat. Um, should be a little bit more fitter and sharper this time out. And I could soon reverse that form with Time Hill. Katie Clements, there's two in here that I think that you are certainly interested in. Which which one's more fancied? Um, I'm in the same camp as as Paul. Uh, my heart says Paisley. Um, he looked fantastic last time out, and Aidan Coleman will know what he's sat on now. And but my head says Time Hill. I'd love to see Roxana do it do it for the girls um but i'm gonna side with time hill um however little little nephew jacob has selected main fact so we're all in the top four there yeah we'd be disappointed if, if you couldn't get a winner um out of these four well what do you make <laughs> of that that run from main fact or came from the clouds last time as, as paul said do you think this is just a, a typical improver or is this a step too far the massive step up in distance, isn't it? Going from yeah. two miles in November at the start of November to three miles at the end of November is massive, but we'll see, won't we? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like David Pike does usually chuck them in at the deep end. Paul Callahan, I know you wanted a bit of an input here. No, I just thought I thought he's worked a crack at it. Um, he seemed like he needed every yard of, of the three miles at Haydock. Haydock would be quite a 
very sharp track, left-handed track in comparison to Ascot. And I think he'll be staying on. He seems to, to relish the, the, you know, the, the further they were going. It took a bit of getting ahead of the last day. He won by a little under three lengths, but he, he won, like he was going away to finish. Um, he had some good heart, like he had jam man comfortably held and Imperial, I, the horse that I tipped up on the day, Imperial Alcazar, was stepping up and trip, just failed to get home. But um, Ascot three miles, it'd be a lot stiffer than, than Haydock three miles. So I think that'll suit, suit me. In fact, it'll play to his strengths. And I think in the in the fashion he, he won in the last day, he's probably, he's worth a crack at this, as is Roxana. But it's just, yeah, the top two are there for the, they're at the top table. So I think they're there to be knocked off, Baisley and, and Time Hill. Okay. Uh, Paisley Parks, 9-4, best first available, 7-4 in places. Um, Time Hill, 7-4. I mean, fact, it's quite short, 5-1 in the betting, so the bootmakers aren't taking any chances with that one. And uh, Crystal Laura's selection, Roxana, is 7-1. Moving on to, we're going to look at the 3 o'clock, the Ascot Silver Cup Handicap Chase listed. So moving on to the 3 o'clock Ascot Silver Cup Handicap Chase listed, we will start with... Chris Loder, what do you like here? Yeah, um, again, quite an interesting race, this one. Uh, the conditional leads to betting at the moment. Um, it's always been very solid in these um, marathon um, handicaps over the last 12 months or so. Won the ultimate at Cheltenham and looks like he could still be improving. Itchy feet is even in here, but personally, I don't think he wants three miles and I still think he's got a little bit to find. The one I've come down on is Quarenta, who does have another entry, but I think that this will be the first choice. Uh, was a very impressive winner, I thought, um, over the course and distance last time out when he won off a mark of 137. Handicap has raised him £5 for that effort. And John Joe Neal's team have been running very very well this season. They've um, really picked up compared to the last couple of years where they may have not been quite their heights, but they seem to have got a really good team together this year. And this horse, Quarenta, you know, he's the typical horse that just keeps on improving and improving and improving. I could definitely uh, see him maybe tackling a, a race, possibly, who knows, maybe like the Scottish National later on in the season. Um, you know, and I, I think he's still got lots of improvements to come. He can handle the soft ground. It's it's going to be rain around this week, so the ground will at least be on the soft side at Ascot. It won't be good to soft. It will definitely have uh, be soft. Could even go heavy, but uh, yeah, the ground shouldn't be an issue. I think he'll come on for that run as well. And I think, to me, he just screams of an improver. Um, and I think he might still have a few pounds to play off his handicap mark. So for me, Quarenta, hoping he comes here, and I think he'll go very close. I think that win last time at Ascot, I think it was a, a cool ride by John Joe. I think he had a little bit more in hand than the distance suggests. He's always doing enough. Do you think doing this is the same profile as like a Sky Pirate? As you say, you know, you're looking at like potential improvement. Possibly. Um, Sky Pirate altogether is a completely different horse that's just gone massively down in trip. But I think John Joe does have a few horses possibly this could be more of like a cloth cap type you know he's run a lot of consistent races and who knows where the ceiling is with this horse I don't I don't think he'll be quite a grand national horse but I could see him running well at maybe a race like the Scottish national or, or something like that so yeah I, I think he's just your typical improver you know they've always known what they've had with this horse they've always known he's a stayer um 
and I like I said, I I think um I think this season he's going to go to new heights, and I think he'll go very close in this race if he turns up. One off one four two, certainly some room for improvement. He's currently ten to one, best price available. Paul Callahan, what are we on here? I'm going to say Ritchie Feet, won the silly silly Isles Novice Chase last year. The trip is a question mark, but he was staying on. He was starting to stay on a bit, although comfortably held at the same time behind him in Piri Laura when the pair met at Ascot back on the, the 21st of November. But, you know, as mentioned, the trip is a question mark, but I think if he, if he stays, I think he's going to take a, a bit of beating off a mark of 155. The conditional, I don't know if I'd make a good trainer. Like, it, it, I, I'm i always kind of of the opinion, like, the, the hard races, they'll always leave a mark on the horse, but the conditional just never touch wood, never fails to, to turn up. Like, he always turns up and runs with his heart in his sleeve. I know he's well bet. He's got comfortably held behind cloth cap and the the big the Ladbrokes Trophy when the pair met. But you know he was still there with a fighting chance, two or three furlongs out. Um, but see, you can't see the conditional if he turns up on Saturday will be there thereabouts. Mister Malarkey definitely catches the course and distance winner. He won the the Reynoldstown under Robbie Power. It'll be interesting to see if Mister Malarkey turns up off one fifty. But I think already a Grade One winner. I'm going off the side with Richie Feet. Are you worried about the stable form of Ollie Murphy's, or do you think I'm going to carry Tom Way here? Slight question mark, maybe over the, the stable form. Um, I wouldn't be the weight. He's a Grade One winner. Um, I know back in the handicap, but I think horses you can give away weight, but you, you just you can't give away ground. I'll be done if the horse is good enough. They're good enough. I think. Um, seeing horses, you know, carrying big weights in the past. Um. It's often those horses that are in between. Do you know, if you have a horse that's maybe down the lower ends, just for example, off the top of my head, not to 100, and they're maybe rated 99, and they're too much weight maybe for, for that, for an, an, a 100 handicap. But if they go into one, 105 or 115, they're off bottom weights, but they're going that bit quicker and they can't keep up. Um, but I think the likes of Itchy Feast, I, I wouldn't have any reservations about them carrying top weight. He's certainly got good form in that form behind him, Pillar Oral looks good and not Wilts. Um and Midnight Shadow as well at Sandown. Um he's current he's quite short in the betting as well. I mean he's eight to one best price available. Um Crystal's quarantine is ten to one. It's just my, my slight concern is just the stable form and the, I've noticed quite recently, I'm not sure if it's just Aaron Coleman's riding still, but even the bumper horse, he's been coming there absolutely swinging, they've not been finding a lot. It could be down to the ground as well. It's just I'm not completely convinced with the stable form at the moment of Ollie Murphy. Maybe there's one person who could confirm this for us. Katie Clements, what do you like here? I want to agree with you in that Ollie, Murphy, Ollie Murphy's aren't really running to form, but they're on 54% for the last 14 days of running to form. So you can't, that's not bad, it's it's a good rate. Um, I don't think I fancy it chiefly for this again because of the weight and because of the distance um i'd be inclined to either side with the conditional despite the fact that it's not long since he last ran or beware the bear currently at 12 to 1 on betfair was fifth behind um the conditional's third last month um, and he'll have definitely come on for the run because when we saw him at Newbury for the media day thing, he looked 
fat and slow. <laughs> so I think 12 to 1, he's probably worth it each way shout. Yeah, I like that little plug for Bet for uh, Katie. You're doing my job for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all good. Um, I actually think we're paying. I actually think we're paying an additional place on that race as well, which is all good. So, get yourself a bet for account. Take the twelve to one there. Yeah. Katie Clements is all over. Beware the bear for um, Chris Loader's keen on Coranta at ten to one, and Paul Callahan is keen on Itchy Feet at nine to one. Back of Betfair, three thirty-five Betfair Exchange hurdle handicap grade three. Paul Callahan, what do you like here? I like Benson. So I do. Um, looking to complete the four timer, and I think interesting turn it turned out again from his success, good success at Sandown. Although the handicappers raised him ten pound, and I do find this interesting that already Gavin Sheen has jocked up. Gavin Sheen was on board at Sandown, but Doctor Richard Newland, the good doctor, clearly thinks that the mark of one hundred and thirty-seven in Saturday's company, it's a Grade Three, is going to be well within Benson's reach. Um, it was interesting. Eglantine Desai was finished down the field. I think finished eighth behind Benson at Sandown. She of course ran a, a good second in the mayor's race at Cheltenham on Saturday afternoon. But um, I wouldn't. But I just going back to that race. Eglantine Desai did make a lot of ground up rather quickly on the approach to three out, and as a knock on effect, used up a lot of energy. So I wouldn't read too much into that finishing eighth behind Benson. I thought maybe with ridden with a little more to kind of come with a sustained challenge. Eglantine decided he would have finished a lot closer. But um, Benson clearly looks at a horse still on the upward trajectory and I think is the one to follow in, in that 3.35 on Saturday afternoon. Only best price available, 10 to 1 for the good doctor. I was quite impressed with the way the horse quickened um, last 100 yards, it sounded, yeah. especially in that ground. Um, I think Ascot also, also, I don't think there's any qualms about the horse staying. The ground's fine as well. I could see this horse going off favourite on the day. The money could easily come for for Benson. Um, if you remember, he was, he was sorry to butt in again. He was ten to one. I think I did a written preview for him the day before, maybe or maybe it was here on the the inside of the podcast, and he was ten to one. I think he was he was fairly well hammered into to nine to two. I think he went off, returned at, at Sandown. So certainly probably agree with you on that. You could see him go up, go off short. Might just wait till Paul Callahan's had a few more quid on, and I'll be ten to one on the day. Guess Paul Keen on Benson at ten to one, best price available. Lucky loaders, what do you like here? Yeah, I think this is where the, where the nap is going to come out, but it's not very original at all. But you have to be impressed by the way Buzz won last time out, uh, who's the favourite for this race at the moment for Nicky Henderson. Um, his win last time at Ascot was so impressive, carrying uh, a big weight. Kevin, carrying 11 stone 11 um he, he didn't even look like he got out of second gear that day um and the form has been boosted since because a third of Nichols' echo went and won a handicap the other day off a mark of 131 at doncaster uh, and beat a nice horse of nicky henderson's called glynn and i know that the stable think a lot of that horse and the pair are miles clear of the rest so that was a really good form boost um, for Buzz and he also as well ran in that Welsh champion hurdle that's worked out very well with So Royale, Bally Andy, Milkwood who was arguably very unlucky um, at Newbury not to win that race. Milkwood is entered in this race but he will need good ground and I don't think he'll turn up here because of the ground and also as well that Mario de Pau went on to win on his next start so the first five 
all boosted the form in that Wales champion hurdle. He will have to carry top weight off a mark of 148, but his form from last season reads fairly well. Um, he loves soft ground too. He was a very classy flat horse, rated 96 on the flat, and all his best form came with cutting the ground. And this is a race that Henderson's done well in the past with big weights. Might remember a horse of his called Brain Power won this race uh, not too long ago. So um, he takes a lot of boxes for this race. And I just think if there's a horse in here that could, I know like he would probably have to improve, but if we're talking about a horse here that could maybe run in a grade one and run with credit, I think Buzz fits the profile. Um, and for me, I just think he'll take all the beating and is a good thing in a, this handicap, despite it being very competitive and lots of runners still on paper. I just think he's very hard to not see going very close to winning. An early nap for Lucky Loaders in a 22-runner handicap hurdle. He's he's four to one favorite Chris Loader, so he's he's quite well found in the market. Exactly, you know, it doesn't take a genius to work it out, but when you just go through it and analyze everything, you know, it it just ticks all the right boxes and and like I said, that win at Ascot was just so impressive, and that form from Lass is a form line I've been following for a while, and it's been paying out really good. So what isn't to like and Henderson's done well in the past in this race before the likes of brain power who was a graded horse over hurdles so yeah a lot to like about buzz um and yeah i i think if he gets entered he he wins okay chris loader sounds very bullish here buzz four to one for lucky loaders katie clements what do you like here i'm gonna side with benson as well i think he's got what, 11 pounds to buzz um, and he's beaten some really good horses and I don't think the ground will be an option, um, a problem even. So he's he's beat Solo, who's now on one four seven, and Mr. Coffee, who's on one four three, and winning three races since his last wind up on good soft, good and heavy ground and good firm. I, I can't see why he wouldn't show up and perform. And Gavin Sheehan's on a great run at the moment. Um, he had a really good winner for um, Warren Grichek today. Um, I was really impressed with how he rode Port Rush Ted a week or two ago as well. Um, there's a lot to like. Yeah, I think I'm signing with Benson as well. I just I just think 137, I still think there's more improvement. This horse can run over further. The, the, obviously, trip ground's not going to be an issue. Um, I, I do understand that Chris Loder's argument with Buzz, but I'll, I'll certainly be signing with Benson here. I'll take Benson in a, in a match step with Lucky Loaders any day of the week. You up for that, Chris Loder? Yeah. For we'll, this week? Yeah, we'll make a big one before Christmas. How about it? Okay. So, moving on to Saturday's card at Haydock, we're going to start with the 205 at Bedford Exchange Handicap Hurdle. Chris Loder, what do you like here? Yeah, an interesting uh, race here. There's quite a few of them uh, taking each other on again. The favourite for the race is Colin Tizard's Warlord, Ari Deverci, um fell in that race at Warlord 1. And also as well, you've got our power in there for um, Nigel Tristan Davis. And that's the way I was leaning, actually, with Nigel's runner here, our power. Um, he's got a lot of good form next to his name. And... That race at Warlord 1 was a bit messy. There was a couple of foolers there. Um, 
in in the home straight uh, and Aravadechi, um he was still going okay at the time and was favorite for the race did fall but he did really hamper um no pun intended there uh our, our power very badly um which i do i do think impacted the result of the race um and he ran on really strongly uh, in the last 100 yards or so. It, was, it looked like at one point it could be one of those classic haylock finishes where a horse comes back from a country mile and is a 1,000 to 1 on Betfair and then all of a sudden just comes and mugs what looks like the actual winner on the line. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a funny funny race, but I still think there's a bit more to come from our power. He's off a mark of 137. He was only raised a pound for that effort. I think the nature of the track at Haydock really suits him um and for me I think I think he'll go very close in what looks to be an open race so yeah our power is for me our power is currently 13 to 2 for lucky loaders talking about um mayhem and running on Betfair would you like to tell the listeners about the little phone call you gave me during the week when we both nearly had a heart attack at Hexham oh yeah 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 um so I was uh so Mark's got a friend that um he knows up, up up in Scotland. Uh, I'm surprised he has any friends up there, to be honest. But he does, um, and he and he and they own a horse called Flaming Glory, uh, trained by uh, Northern trainer Katie Scott. And we've been trying to been trying to know when this horse is eventually going to win a race, and it's shown a bit of promise this season a few times over fences. And I said to Mark, "Oh yeah, do you know it's running at Hexham?" Uh, in the week, and he said, "Oh no, no, they're probably not gonna. It's probably not gonna be the day for it." So I'm watching the race, and I'm and I ring him up, and we have to chat about something anyway. And I'm like, "Oh, do you know Flaming Glory's on?" And I'm like, "I'm watching it now. Like I'm in the office at Sky, and I'm and I'm starting going, oh no, like it's gonna win. Like it was travelling so smoothly, and it it went clear up the straight at Hexham, but then uh, just got done in the last hundred yards." Um, and I'm glad we didn't have a penny on. Uh, it wouldn't have been a big yeah. price that we were hoping for, but uh, yeah, it certainly was very eventful in, in the Sky Sports Racing Production Office, I can tell you that. Yeah, we certainly can't reveal what my comments were when it jumped the last two lengths clear. It's just too x rated for this this level of podcast, but this will probably make probably visualize for people. 21K done at 101. So you can imagine how I was feeling up the running. Thankfully, we dodged a bullet there, Chris. But we've we've done we've lost all our money in it before, so we're we're still in the red. But it's going to happen again, Chris. It's just part and parcel. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, have to wait until probably about another year for it to to win again, or at least go close again. It's like a Nando Parado situation, isn't it? We bet bet on debut, it gets beat next time out, it wins at a hundred to one. Hundred and fifty to one. Stop it. Unbelievable scenes. Anyway, moving back onto Haydock's action. Paul Callahan, where are we on? From Hexham to Haydock, we'll go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Warlord to finish up it, to follow up his success. Uh, the last day, he's gone up seven pound for that, which I think is. I think he'll be able to cope with that. Do you know? I think it's uh, the ground is already heavy. I'm not sure what the what the weather forecast for, for Haydock is between now and then. But um, you know, I could see them coming in at, at long intervals, and I think it's going to suit Warlord. I think there's, from visually looking at us, I know our power. Chris mentioned he got hampered 
But um, I think there's there could be more to come from Warlord. Is, do you know if Robbie's going to be on? I don't. I don't know. Um, what the, I'd say that'll be Taurus tomorrow. I don't would ask us. Obviously, busy Saturday, so I'm not too sure. Okay, but it's certainly quite warm in the betting just now. Five to one, best price available for Colin Tizard and Paul Callahan. Say the best to last, Katie Clements. What are we on? I'm gonna side with the Ravens actually. Um, bit of redemption. Um, after falling last time and Warlord winning, but time out before that, he beat Warlord by nearly three lengths. Um, whilst I think he was carrying only two pounds more, so I don't know how much influence that will have. Um, both times on soft ground, um, and they're off. Are they on the same weight this time? Um, the yard think really highly of him, and it was really a real shame when he fell last time, so I'm going to stick with Arubadurchi. Your man, Richie McLaren, might have the ride as well, John Joe's at Ascot. So you might double your stick. No, I don't think they will. Richie will be riding Regal Encore at Ascot, his favourite horse oh, yeah. at his favourite track, in, and probably will win again when I don't back him. Enough sob stories from me and Lucky Wilders. Yeah. I, arrive, arrive <laughs> I, I can see Richie at Ascot. Arriva Dici, 4-1 in the betting for Katie Clements. So just to go through the selection for the 205 Betfair Exchange Handicap Hurdle, Chris Lewis keen on our part at 13-2, Paul Callahan likes Warlord at 5-1, to one, and Katie Clements likes Arriva Dici. Arrivederci. Yeah, my pronunciation is absolutely shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do something silly. I was just talking work stuff here, but I had to, I had to do Maltese pronunciations yesterday. There's some absolute shockers, but I can tell you tell you off camera. They were worse than my surname, some of these things. And even with my accent, you see how bad they were. But anyway, moving on to the 240 Betfair Tommy Whittle handicap chase. Paul Callahan, what do we like here? Spoke about long intervals in the last race that we touched on the five past two, and I think this could be the traditional stuff here. You know, to go and heavy, there might be many finishers even depending on what the final decks are. There might need to be many finishers in this race. Um, I do like the look of Hold Back the River. Was a winner at Chepstow for Evan Williams. Was a winner at Chepstow three starts back towards the back end of last season on heavy ground. He'll have a handy enough weight running off a mark of. Of 118. He won at Chepstow in the class four contest of 117. And I just think I think he's gonna I just see him being competitive above 118. I don't think there's gonna be many fin- finishers depending on how many line up and I think it's gonna take a, a bit again. That's a really good angle, just off bottom weight, um hold back the river. Are you are you a James Bay fan of, of interest? Has I got any incline here at all? I didn't mind I didn't mind it, a bit of James Bay. Yeah, I like, I like I like a bit of James Bay as well. Back in the day, anyway. So more of a Snoop um, Dogg fan then than the James Bay. More Doctor Dre. James Bay, the guy that always wears nice hats. Is he what? Is Maybe. he the guy yeah, that always wears really him, nice yeah. hats? Yeah, that's that's the man. Yeah. So I've been to see Snoop Dogg twice. I was, I was supposed to go and see him again, but uh, wife got me tickets for for my birthday i think it was or for last christmas but 
when COVID came, then he had to cancel. He's rescheduled his concert twice since because of COVID, it called it off. Sounds like you've got a keeper there, Paul. Yeah, definitely. Can't complain. Uh, hold back the river um, for Paul Callan. I, I, I do like this one. Um, Evan Williams, stable's coming into better form. He's 16 to 1, best price available. You know, that's a huge price. Not my price, is it, Mark? That is too big, isn't he? Oh, man. I got, I got dizzy when I was looking down as far as the pitch. <laughs> Were you thinking of something wrong on my Wi Fi connection? Is the racing post feet down? Oh, he's actually holding my phone upside down. Sorry. Yeah, he's, he's actually 16 to 1, Paul Callan. I had to read it twice as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think he'll be competitive. Okay. Paul Callan's keen on hold back the river at 16 to 1. Lucky loaders, what do you like here? Yeah, um, I'm just looking at that whole back of the river. He's going to have to reverse a lot of form with Hill 16, who's the favourite in this. Hill 16 beaten by 46 lengths at Foss Lass <laughs> back in November. Um, but who knows, stranger things have happened. Um, the one I quite like that's been in my radar that I think has been running a little bit better than his bare form suggests. And I think... I've spoken to Katie about this horse, and that's Salty Boy for Mitchell Bastion claiming free riding for David Bridgewater. Now, this horse was previously trained um, over in Ireland and had some good form next to his name when he was with Mags Mullins. Um, he's joined um, David Bridgewater's uh, a, a few months ago, and his two runs so far have been quite promising, actually. He actually finished fourth on his stable debut at Sandown uh, behind Severano of Oliver Sherwoods. And that horse went on to win at uh, Exeter on his next start, and he's now rated 148. His next start saw him finish in sixth place at Ascot. And again, I think he finished better than the bare form suggested behind De Machine for Kerry Lee, who's got some blistering novice handicap form next to his name. That hit follow his form lines because you'll be certainly making a profit if you do. And that form is going to be tested later again in the week with a Chris Gordon horse, who was one of my horses to follow this season called go whatever, go whatever was very eye catching in that race. And he's going to be hopefully running at Exeter later on this week. So there could be some more form clues to come from that race, but this salty boy, I think he's just been crying out for a trip. And I think the nature of the track at Haydock would really suit him. He loves testing ground um, gets nice low racing weight with also as well Mitchell Bastion claiming free. I just think the long, grueling straight at Haydock will really play to his strengths, and I think at a double figure price, uh, I'm really interested in him, and I, I'm hoping he'll be the one that maybe mugs hold back the river on the line. He's in. He's twenty to one best price available. Uh, following Paul Callan here, the potential boil over. Um, it's interesting when you look at some of that form in Ireland as well. I mean, running a beginner's chase behind Manila Endo um, wasn't that far behind that disgrace, maybe 20 lengths, and then Fika do through their E as well. Um, off 125, Mitchell Bassin claiming free as well, every chance, um, especially of that bottom weight as well. Katie Clements, what are we with? Um, oh, oh. I, don't, I thought this was a tricky one. Because everything I looked at, I could find argument against. I do like Hill 16, and I think it's got a really good chance. I quite like your guy's argument for Hold Back the River as well. Um, 
and if the ground was better i'd be siding with pop rockstar um but he's got absolutely zero form on heavy ground and pulled up last time on soft um so i think i will side with the tristan davies horse with hill 16. Hill 16 is currently 11 to 4, best price available, his favourite at the moment, and quite close in the betting with Sujarin for Anthony Hannibal and Rick Stingle. Um, looks like an improver as well, off 1 3 every chance. Um, I do think this looks a really tricky race. Could be one for looking in the distance betting here, lucky loaders. This is sort of something you'd love. Possibly, but it could be one of those that I've seen quite a few marathon contests recently and there's been more, not been more than a head in it. So who knows? It could, it can, it can be a dangerous way to play. But Haydock, you have to admit, it does have one of those reputations of being some wide margin winners. Uh, I remember Bristol de May won by like sixty lengths or something, didn't he? In, in the Betfair Chase a couple of years ago, and um, perfect candidate as well. Recently, a winner for Katie Clements. Uh, couple of weeks ago um i think it wasn't he one of only like two or three to finish so yeah it, it can be very attritional stuff there but you give me even money on the overs chris loader second match bet no th- i think this will be one of those close close haydock finishes where seven comes from a mile back so this would be absolutely madness on betfair exactly it's 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 either different ends of the spectrum i think no middle ground it's all or nothing all aboard. Paul Callahan. what were you saying? I do, yeah. It's interesting just when you're saying, like, with Haydock being, being like, to do come home at long intervals or can come home at long intervals and, and, you know, we often see winners come from the back because when you're actually, when you're there, it's quite a flat track. Like, there's no real incline or have you. And the bend's really, really, really sharp. Very sharp since they've redone the track. Um, back, I think it was the mid noughties. They used to have the proper park fences there, and then they they done away with them and they brought in the, the portable fences, which kind of I think it was to cater more for a flat racing, um, which at the time didn't go down well whatsoever. Like Haydock was one of the best national courses. Either side of the IRC, it was fantastic. Fences were magnificent, like. But it's just interesting that you can get so many. I suppose the ground gets so deep there, and maybe that's why. Interesting. I'll still take the the overs with Chris Loder at even money. Two lengths. <laughs> anyway, so to wrap this one up, right, the 240 bit for Tommy Whittle Handicap Chase. Paul Callahan is keen on hold back the bay 16 to 1. I'm going to inquire to see if James Bay owns his horse, has an interest in it. Chris Loder likes salty boy at 20 to 1 and katie clements is keen on hill 16 at 11 to 4. so we're going on to the last race here okay i know this has been attritional stuff ladies and gentlemen okay 315 listen to paul nichols on betting.betfairhandicap hurdle do you know chris loader i'm actually looking at that right now soon we'll be saying free 315 read chris loader's blog at betting.betfair anyway let's fill a plug there We'll start with Lucky, <laughs> lucky Loaders. What do you like? Yeah, um, oh, this race is an absolute minefield at the moment. It could very easily cut up. I mean, I don't know if this horse is going to run here. I've seen her have quite a few entries 
over the last couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm, I wonder, if, I'm wondering if they're just either being careful because I think this horse maybe is injury prone, or they're trying to land a nice pot with her. But I'm going to take a chance if she did run, and that's Queen of Hearts for Stuart Edmonds. Now I fell in love with this this uh, mare uh, a couple of seasons ago when she was really progressing very nicely over hurdles. Um, she actually won a race here, um, a listed race here. Um, uh, on this card uh, a couple of years ago beating Dance Idol and then she confirmed that form by winning the Jane Seymour Novices Hurdle Grade 2 at Sandown on her next start um, so she was a very classy uh, mare and then she went to Cheltenham and I really fancied her that day but if but for whatever reason she was too far out of the back but then any, I would urge anyone to go back and watch the race replay. This horse was probably one of the biggest eye-catchers at that festival, as this horse was literally in last place and then absolutely flew up the hill and passed about 14 horses to finish in 10th place. I mean, 10th place doesn't sound that good, but it wasn't a bad uh, mare's novice hurdle. You know, we saw the likes of Indefatigable in there, you know, so it, it wasn't a bad race. Epiton, you know, so it was a good renewal of, of that race. And... Of a mark of 132, I think she's fairly interesting. She's won at the course. She likes steep ground. I know that the connections think very highly of her. Uh, and if she can be fit, she could definitely be a major player or an outsider anyway um, in the Mayor's Hurdle come Cheltenham if she arrives there A1. So Queen of Hearts is just a speculative interest at the moment, but I just hope we get to see her and I'm, and I'm hoping it can be here. Okay, interesting. Uh, Queen of Hearts for Stuart Edmonds and Lucky Loaders. Unfortunately, there's not any price available at time of recording on Tuesday evening. Paul Callahan, what do you like here? I'm going to side with Flash Jack from the old boss, the, the master of Downton Hall stables, Henry Daly. He was, of course, in distance winner of a handicap mark of 134. He runs off 135. He did struggle at higher grades. Um, in a part-time qualifier and in a grade three back in Carmel Waters and I think it will be interesting to see if Henry Daly opts to claim but I'd, I'd be surprised if he does I think he'll let Flashjack take his chance off of one three five. Yeah it's interesting uh, Flashjack obviously ran behind Main Fact last time out and that attrition at Haydock and obviously entry behind you know what I mean Harry I mean that form looks, looks quite solid uh, it's actually my nap actually runs in this race as well. I actually wrapped Klein uh, for Evan Williams, so I'm hoping for a, a famous a famous double with Hobart the River and Klein. Um, I will reach out to James Bay if, if that comes in. Um, I'll, I will get him a hamper from Harrods. Okay? I'm confident. No pressure, Paul Callahan, right? <laughs> Katie will you get me a hamper in Ireland? Yeah, well, mate, I'll, I'll get you all hampers, all right? It's all good. Katie Clements, what are we on? Uh, um, I am going to side with Chris Loder and Queen of Hearts. I think um, with the ground being on the heavier side, she'll appreciate that. be nice to see her um, run well. And, yeah, I like the breeding as well. Um, she's by Fleming's birth. Um, and then the dam has some interesting lines as well. Um, the dam is by the same stallion as Ballyoptic. Um, so smart, smart breeding, some good runs. And yeah, hope she can run well first time back out. 
so Katie and Chris are keen on Queen of Hearts. Um, it's just unfortunate there's no price available. And Paul Callahan is keen on Flashjack. That rounds up the action at Ascot and Haydock on Saturday. We'll just do a quick roundup on any other bets. I know Chris Loder, this is your like your favourite favourite section. What have you got for us? Yeah, um maybe some of I don't know if we've got a big jumps um fan base on this podcast, but I just thought maybe take a quick look at the flat if you like your flat racing. Uh, for Lingfield on Saturday, it's going to be uh, a good a good card there, and um, so I quite like the winter campaign at Ling- Lingfield where we see a few Gosden type of horses. But there's an interesting run in here uh, for some Michael Stout in the listed Quebec stakes uh, called uh, Sangarius. With and Ryan Moore's already uh, jocked up. Just keep an eye out for him, but he's a former Royal Ascot winner. Uh, one. Uh, won the uh, Hampton Court Stakes uh, back in 2019. Obviously, he's had his problems along the way. Otherwise, we would have seen more of him. But his only run in 2020 saw him finish fourth behind Lord North, who went on to win the Group 1 Prince of Wales Stakes at Royal Ascot. You had Elokam in there as well that won later on in the season. And Telecaster, who um, who went on to win some group races in France. He, so it looks like he won and the race he ran in over the season looks pretty good. And you would have thought that because he's running in the new weather, he'd be against some weaker types. He probably has to beat Dubai Warrior, who probably deserves to be favourite, but he gets three pounds from him. And it's interesting that Sir Michael Stout is persevering with him for a winter campaign. So I just thought Sangaris uh, was an interesting runner in that race at Lingfield on Saturday. It does look quite a hot race, Chris, especially with Dubai Warrior, Johnny Drama, Bangkok, all on there at the moment. What price do you think you'll be on the day? Think you go a favourite, or no? I think Dubai Warrior probably gone got a favourite. It's got the the fitness edge and has um, racked up a couple of these listed type of events in the last twelve months. Um, I think probably got nine. I think they probably price him up. I don't know if there is any price out there at the moment, but probably price him up. I reckon nine or four, and then the market will dictate from there. If he's weak, probably would be maybe a little bit worried, but he's got to be an interesting runner, and it's. Definitely a race that you probably want to at least put the television on for anyway. So one of the multiples. Lucky Loader sang us to a pot length field on Saturday in the Betway Quebec Stakes. Any other bets from Katie or Paul? Anything to look out for? Um, just look at... Go on, Paul, I'll let you shoot away. Uh, I'm just going to give... Well, Oliver Green always... Um, Obviously, had a double today. Yards and great form. He is Zalvados entered up in a, a novice handicap chase at Newcastle. But I'd be opting to take on with the Tom Lacey trainer, Grand Fromage, who'd be a chasing debutante. I think it's interesting. He's making the long journey up at the moment, anyway, intended journey up to Newcastle. The, the fences up there would take a, a fair bit of jumping, to say the least. It can be they're well, very well presented. But uh, they're quite stiff. If you hit, if a horse hit one fence and manages to, to find the leg, you can be certain they're not going to hit a second fence. But um, I think it's an interesting entry at this stage. Le Grand Fromage in the two fifty at Newcastle on Saturday. Can I ask you a question, Paul? Is Tom Lacey a relative of yours, or do you have some share in that stable? Because I know you, you are you're a keen old Tom Lacey as a trainer. Yeah, just like I, I like the way he. The way he does it runs the horses like yeah yeah he just seems to i've never been in, in his yard I, 
don't think he had a license when I was riding in the UK. Um, but he very much lets the horses kind of come on, progress at their own speed. And obviously you need the owners, you need patient owners to do that. Um, but it, I'd imagine it's the type of trainer, I think that if you had a horse in there as a four-year-old, there's every every chance your horse would still be in training, fit and healthy as a, as a 10-year-old. Yeah, when you look back at the free runs at Bangor, Ascot and Utux, I mean, all, all solid runs, quite warm in the betting. Um, I think this race at Newcastle looks like the weakest race he's been in in quite a long time. Expect it might be quite a warm order. Um, off 114, so every chance. So the Grand Fromage, the 2.50 at Newcastle on Saturday, Paul Callan's keen on, and Katie Clements to round it up. What do you like? So I was going to have a little mention of Oliver Greenall's yard at the moment as well. It's interesting you mentioned Zardos because he's actually entered into three different races on Saturday, um, two of which are at Haydock, um, and the yard are obviously on good form. My other mention will be a McNeil horse, um, Shearer, who is in training with Paul Nichols, is running um, at Ascot um, on the listed National Hunt Flat, the bumper. Um, he's an absolutely beautiful horse and looked stunning last time out. They are schooling him over hurdles and have been for a good few months and posting videos of it online and he looks really smart over a fence as well. Um, but yeah, I think this is one that's mega talented and with champion trainer, so you can't really fault that, can you? Interesting. So he's running on Saturday, yeah? I think this could be Katie Clements now. Oh, it might be Friday, actually. Let me just apply it. Yeah, it's Friday. 335 on Friday, uh, Scott. Pressing the uh, diamond colours. He's, he's, he's the Flemings first horse as well. Yeah, Shearer. That's a little link for Paul Callan there as well. You were the winner for Alan Shearer, didn't you? A little plug for Alan. I did. Long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so... Shader for Paul Nick. Paul Nick Steele is absolutely flying, isn't it? Absolutely flying uh, for the McNeil family. Yeah. I mean, that looks quite a tricky race as well. Um, you may be able to get a price about that. So just to wrap things up, right, for this week's podcast, nap time. Lucky loaders. Already said it. Buzz in the 335 um, at Ascot on Saturday. Lucky Loaders is keen on Buzz. A 22 runner handicap. It'll cut up. Never ceased to amaze me, Lucky Loaders. What? Was it 3 to 1, was he? Fours. It'll be a one runner race. They'll be scared of him. I think I'll take a distance bet in that. I think I'm 1 on 1. Paul Callahan? Yeah, I'm not going to go with Hold Back the River. Um, You'll let me down. An attractive. Attractive odds. I don't want to overshoot the runway just yet. But uh, I'm going to go with a mule of gold in the 150 at Aska. A mule of gold uh, for Paul Callahan, 92. It's more of your price, isn't it, Paul Callahan? Still a bit big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hand back the river. Anyway, right. Katie Grimetti, what, what, what's your nap? Um. I'll go Reba Dutchie. 
Just so I can hear you say it again. Are you trying to take take the piss out of my accent? <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm doing it. We can he not understand you. Subtitles needed. <laughs> Arrived to Dirtchy. How was that? Arriva Dirtchy. Arriva Dirtchy. See, I'm learning, you know? Beautiful. Arriva Dirtchy for Katie Clements at. Oh, he's just he's three to one now. Is that you, Katie? I was wondering what you're doing on that other phone. I haven't had a bet on. I was looking at Shearer. Okay. Well, listen, if you want to talk to him, Paul Callum, I'll give you his number. Anyway, just to wrap things up, okay? So I'm going to go with Klein. I expect it to be a massive price on the day for Evan Williams. It's going to deliver a massive double uh, with Hand by the River. So I'll, I'll reach out to James Bay if that comes in personally. Hampers all round, okay? Listen, it's been great. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. We'll try and squeeze in another podcast before Christmas. Make sure you follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And most importantly, gamble responsibly. Have a great weekend, everyone.